Chapter 10, verses 1 through 4 of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two, before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Cyril. God had made known by the prophets that the preaching of the gospel of salvation was to embrace not only Israel, but also the Gentile nations. And therefore, after the twelve apostles, there were other seventy-two also appointed by Christ. As it is said, after these things, the Lord appointed other seventy-two also. Bede. Rightly are seventy-two sent, for to so many nations of the world was the gospel to be preached, that, as at first twelve were appointed because of the twelve tribes of Israel, so these also were ordained as teachers for the instruction of the foreign nations. Augustine, as also in twenty-four hours the whole world moves round and receives light, so the mystery of enlightening the world by the gospel of the Trinity is hinted at in the seventy-two disciples, for three times twenty-four makes seventy-two. Now, as no one doubts that the twelve apostles foreshadowed the order of bishops, so also we must know that these seventy-two represented the presbytery, that is, the second order of priests. Nevertheless, in the earliest times of the church, as the apostolic writings bear witness, both were called presbyters both also called bishops, the former of these signifying ripeness of wisdom, the latter diligence in the pastoral care. Cyril, an outline of this ordinance also was set forth in the words of Moses, who at the command of God chose out seventy, upon whom God poured out his spirit. In the book of Numbers also, it was written of the children of Israel that they came to Elam, which is by interpretation assent, and there were there twelve fountains of water, and seventy palm trees. For when we fly to spiritual refreshment, we shall find twelve fountains, namely the holy apostles, from whom we imbibe the knowledge of salvation, as from the wellsprings of the Savior, and seventy-two palms, that is, those who are now appointed by Christ. For the palm is a tree of sound core, striking deep root and fruitful, always growing by the waterside, yet at the same time putting forth its leaves upwards. It follows, and he sent them two and two. Gregory, he sends the disciples to preach two and two, because there are two commands of charity, the love of God and love of our neighbor, and charity cannot exist without at least two, thereby silently suggesting to us that he who has not love to another ought not to undertake the office of preaching. Origen. Likewise also the twelve were reckoned by two and two, as Matthew shows in his enumeration of them. For that two should be joined in service seems from the word of God to be an ancient custom. For God led Israel out of Egypt by the hands of Moses and Aaron. Joshua and Caleb also, united together, appeased the people who had been provoked by the twelve spies. Hence it is said, a brother assisted by a brother is as a fortified city. Basil, 
At the same time, it is implied by this that if any are equal in spiritual gifts, they should not suffer a fondness for their own opinion to get the better of them. Gregory, it is rightly added before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. For the Lord follows his preachers, since the preaching comes first, and then the Lord enters into the tabernacle of our heart, seeing that through the words of exhortation going before, truth is received into the mind. Hence Elias says to the preachers, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight a highway for our God. Theophylact The Lord had appointed the disciples for the sake of the multitude, who were in want of teachers. For as our cornfields require many reapers, so the innumerable company of those who are to believe need many teachers. As it follows, the harvest truly is great. Chrysostom But how does he give the name of harvest to a work only just now at its beginning? The plough not yet put down, nor the furrows turned. He yet speaks of harvests, for his disciples might waver and say, How can we so small a number convert the whole world? How can foolish men reform the wise, naked men those that are armed, subjects their rulers? Lest they should be disturbed then by such thoughts, he calls the gospel a harvest, as if he says, All things are ready, I send you to a gathering of fruits already prepared. Ye can sow and reap the same day, as then the husbandman goes out to harvest rejoicing. Much more also, and with greater cheerfulness, must you go out into the world. For this is the true harvest, which shows the fields all prepared for you. Gregory, but not without deep sorrow can we add, but the laborers are few. For although there are who would hear good things, they are wanting who would spread them. Behold, the world is full of priests, but seldom is there found a laborer in God's harvest, because we undertake indeed the priestly office, but we perform not its works. Bede. Now as the great harvest is this whole multitude of believers, so the few laborers are the apostles, and their fellows who are sent into this harvest. Cyril. As the large fields require many reapers, so also do the multitude of believers in Christ. Hence he adds, Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now mark that when he said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest, he afterwards himself performed it. He then is the Lord of the harvest, and by him, and together with him, God the Father rules over all. Chrysostom, but he afterwards increased them greatly, not by adding to their number, but awarding to them power. He implies that it is a great gift to send laborers into the divine harvest by his saying that the Lord of the harvest must be prayed to upon this account. Gregory, hereby also the people must be induced to pray for their pastors, that they may be able to work what is good for them, and that their tongue grow not lifeless in exhortation, for often of their own wickedness their tongue is tied. But often for the fault of the people it comes to pass that the word of preaching is withdrawn from their rulers. Verses 3 and 4. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor script nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. Cyril. 
Luke next relates that the seventy disciples obtained for themselves from Christ apostolic learning, lowliness, innocency, justice, and to prefer no worldly things to holy preachings, but to aspire to such fortitude of mind as to be afraid of no terrors, not even death itself. He adds, therefore, go. Chrysostom. For their comfort amid every danger was the power of him who sent them. And therefore saith he, Behold, I send you. As if he said, This will suffice for your consolation. This will be enough to make you hope, instead of fearing the coming evils which he signifies, adding, As lambs among wolves. Isidore, denoting the simplicity and innocence in his disciples, for those who were riotous, and by their enormities, did despite to their nature. He calls not lambs, but goats. Ambrose, now these animals are at variance among themselves, so that the one is devoured by the other, the lambs by the wolves, but the good shepherd has no fear of wolves for his flock. And therefore the disciples are appointed not to make prey, but to impart grace. For the watchfulness of the good shepherd causes the wolves to attempt nothing against the lambs. He sends them as lambs amidst wolves, that that prophecy might be fulfilled. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Chrysostom. For this was a clear announcement of glorious triumph, that the disciples of Christ, when surrounded by their enemies as lambs among wolves, would still convert them. Bede. For he especially gives the name of wolves to the scribes and Pharisees, who are the Jewish clergy. Ambrose. Or the heretics are compared to wolves, for wolves are beasts who lay in wait near the sheepfolds, and prowl about the shepherds' cottages. They dare not enter the abodes of men. They pry out sleeping dogs, absent or slothful shepherds. They seize the sheep by the throats, that they may quickly strangle him. Ravenous beasts with bodies so stiff that they cannot easily turn themselves, but are carried along by their own impetus, and so are often deceived. If they are the first to see a man, it is said, they by a certain natural impulse tear out his voice. But if a man first sees them, they quake with fear. In like manner, the heretics lurk about Christ's sheepfolds, howl near the cottages at night time, for night is the time for the treacherous who observe the light of Christ with the midst of false interpretation. The inns of Christ, however, they dare not enter, and therefore are not healed, as he was in an inn who fell among thieves. They look out for the shepherd's absence, for they cannot attack the sheep when the shepherds are by. Owing also to the inflexibility of a hard and obstinate mind, they seldom, if ever, turn from their error, while Christ, the true interpreter of Scripture, mocks them, so that they vent forth their violence in vain, and are not able to hurt. And if they overtake any one, by the subtle trickery of their disputations, they make him dumb. For he is dumb who confesses not the word of God with the glory which belongs to it. Beware then, lest the heretic deprive you of your voice, unless you detect him not first for he is creeping on while his treachery is disguised. But if you have discovered his unholy desires, you cannot fear the loss of a holy voice. They attack the throat. They would wound the vitals while they seek the soul. If also you hear anyone called a priest, 
and you know his robberies. Outwardly he is a sheep, inwardly a wolf, who is longing to gratify his rage with the insatiable cruelty of human murder. Gregory, for many when they receive the right of rule, are vehement in persecuting their subjects, and manifesting the terrors of their power. And since they have no bowels of mercy, their desire is to seem to be masters, forgetting altogether that they are fathers, changing an occasion for humility into an exaltation of power. We must, on the other hand, consider that as lambs are sent among wolves because they preserve the feeling of innocence, so we should make no malicious attacks, for he who undertakes the office of preacher ought not to bring evils upon others, but to endure them, who, although at times an upright zeal demands that he should deal harshly with his subjects, should still inwardly, in his heart, love with a fatherly feeling those whom outwardly he visits with censure. And that ruler gives a good example of this, who never submits the neck of his soul to the yoke of earthly desire. Hence it is added, carry neither purse nor scrip. Gregory Nazianzus, the sum of which is that men ought to be so virtuous that the gospel should make no less progress through their way of life than their preaching. Gregory, for the preacher of the gospel ought to have such trust in God that although he has provided not for the expenses of this present life, he should still be most certainly convinced that these will not fail him, lest while his mind is engaged in his temporal things, he should be less careful for the spiritual things of others. Cyril, thus he had already commanded them to have no care for these persons, when he said, I send you as lambs among wolves. And he also forbade all care about what is external to the body, by saying, Take neither purse nor script. Nor did he allow men to take with them any of those things which were not attached to the body. Hence he adds, Nor shoes. He not only forbade them to take purse and script, but he did not allow them to receive any distraction in their work, such as interruption by greetings on their way. Hence he adds, Salute no one by the way which had long ago been said by Elisha, as if he said, proceed straight on your work without exchanging blessings with others, for it is a loss to waste the time which is fitter for preaching in unnecessary things. Ambrose, our Lord did not then forbid these things because the exercise of benevolence was displeasing to him, but because the motive of following after devotedness was more pleasing. Gregory Nazianzus, and the Lord gave them these commands also for the glory of the word, lest it should seem that enticements could more prevail over them. He wished them also not to be anxious to speak to others. Gregory, if any one would have these words taken also allegorically, the money shut up in a purse is the hidden wisdom. He then who has the word of wisdom and neglects to employ it for his neighbor is like one who keeps his money tied up in his purse. But by the script is meant the troubles of the world, by the shoes made of the skins of dead animals, are signified the examples of dead works. He then who undertakes the office of preacher ought not to bear the burden of business, lest, while this presses down his neck, he should not rise to the preaching of heavenly things, nor ought he to behold the example of foolish works, lest he think to shield his own works as by dead skins, that is, lest because he observes that others have done these things, 
he imagined that he also is at liberty to do the same. Ambrose, our Lord also would have nothing human in us, for Moses is bid to loose off the human and earthly shoe when he was sent to deliver the people. But if anyone is perplexed why in Egypt we are ordered to eat the lamb with shoes on, but the apostles are appointed to preach the gospel without shoes, he must consider that one in Egypt ought still to beware of the serpent's bite, for there were many poisonous creatures in Egypt, and he who celebrates the Passover in figure may be exposed to the wound, but the minister of truth fears no poison. Gregory, now everyone who salutes on the way does so from the accident of the journey, not for the sake of wishing health. He then who does not from love of a heavenly country but from seeking reward, preaches salvation to his hearers, does, as it were, salute on the journey, since accidentally, not from any fixed intention, he desires the salvation of his hearers. End of chapter 10, verses 1 through 4.